1: You're listening to the IFL TV Podcast, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Guggen Cassis for IFL TV, in association with MTK Global. Delighted to be joined by the one and only magician himself. What's up, Woody? Anthony Sims Jr. God damn it. I know we had a couple of interviews. No, we had, like, one interview... Uh, back in Chicago, but we didn't do one of our interviews. Yes, we did it. Did we?
0: No, we didn't. That's what I mean.
1: We gotta give the people what they want. They want that funky shit. But I like the fact that we've not done loads of those interviews. Oh yeah, it can get tiresome. We've done a couple of really kind of powerful ones that everyone was talking about and related to and kind of felt that you sent out a powerful message about subjects that you have experience in and you, you believe in, so if you do that a lot, I think you kind of devalue some of the content, so it's good yeah, sometimes.
0: Yeah. you get a little space, you know, here and there. Talk about a little yeah. this, a little that.
1: How's life?
0: Life is blessed, man. Life is blessed. I'm walking, talking, breathing. Can't complain.
1: Are you happy? Do I look happy? No. Oh, I'm happy. <laughs> so, no, I was just sleeping. That's why, that's good. probably why. Um, I do want to ask you about first of all tonight because mm-hmm. this is being big night tonight. Man. Labeled as your uh, breakout toughest yeah. fight to date uh, against um, Angulo. So <clears throat> yeah, why is why why is this your toughest test?
0: Toughest fight, uh, I say toughest test because of his record and he's um, for the WBO Latino title. But to me, it's just uh, another day at the office. Just gotta go in there and do what I do best. Just enjoy myself and have fun. When you force things, I feel like they don't come to you the way you want them to. So you just gotta just go in there and let it happen.
1: Do you think a fight like this should have come earlier on in your career?
0: Um, You could say that, but I mean, boxing's strange. You don't really, you, you, as a fighter, you don't really dictate who, who you get in there with. You can say, I wanna fight this guy and this guy, but it's up to your promoter and your manager to make it happen and the matchmaker and there's so many politics and so much bullshit behind it. You can fight a guy who's way past your caliber or a guy who's too low, and there's always gonna be people saying, you know, you're fighting this type of opposition, you're fighting this, you're fighting that. I think, I mean, fighting, um, what's his name? Um, damn it, the guy I fought in Chicago. Uh, D- Devon Alexander? Yeah. That was a tough fight. Um, I feel like that was like a great step up for me. Now it's time for another, you mm-hmm. can call it a step up. But, um, No, I feel like everything's happening just in time.
1: I don't know whether people think that, kind of, before we do our interviews, we sit there going, oh, yeah, we're gonna talk about this and that. We've literally had no conversation about this. I've seen you every day, but obviously, you wanted to get the weighing out yesterday. Yeah. And then you can kind of, yeah. I feel
0: like this isn't shit you should rehearse. I feel like it's bullshit when it's rehearsed. I mean, the in life. But we've
1: literally never had a conversation in any of the interviews about what we're going to talk about ever. It's no. just literally just been...
0: Man, this shit is raw, all yeah. right? Not like raw boxing. I ain't giving y'all a shout-out just yet, <laughs> But it's just raw. It's just a natural, so. So,
1: what I thought about earlier on today that I wanted to talk to you about, um, it's kind of on the back of a huge tragedy that we had uh-huh. earlier on this week uh, with the passing of... Uh, Kobe Kobe Bryant uh, his young daughter and several other people that were on that helicopter as well and when something like this happens Mm -hmm. uh, a very high profile person someone like Kobe Bryant dies everybody pays their respects and shares memories if they've ever met him etc 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 but it comes to a point where the reality is, it's almost forgotten about, because people move on with their lives. They do. So, not for Kobe's family and friends, because that, that goes on, but for everyone else, we kind of, me, you, we move on.
0: Yeah.
1: And it becomes like a, a distant memory as, as the days pass. Mm-hmm. But in general, I think, because I've had friends die, you've had friends that have passed away over years. We're at that kind of age where this shit happens. But I don't think, I'll like being honest, some of my friends, every now and again, I'll I'll think about them, but I don't, you, you do move on from it. What is it, does that make you a bad person that people in your life that, well, they're, they're not there anymore? that you kind of move on and not forget about it, but you kind of just carry on with your life?
0: doesn't mean you're a bad person. I think it depends on the person who passed away If that. If it's a friend, you know, you may think about him here and there, but I feel like when it's an immediate family member, someone you was raised with, or someone that played a very important role in your life, <clears throat> you may go a day or so without thinking about him, but there's always something that's gonna trigger it. For instance, my father. That's nothing, I'm not gonna ever be able to forget about that every day. You see, a father and his son. Or well, I want to say the word dad or call him because I just want to fight. Or a brother, you know, for Kobe's situation. She lost her husband and her daughter. She's not gonna be able to get over that situation for the rest of her life. She's taking that with her to the grave. Now people that's going to mourn Kobe, you know, they don't think about Kobe's going to hurt, but Kobe didn't play a day-to-day role in their lives. He couldn't pick up the phone and call Kobe. They didn't see Kobe coming in and out the house. You feel me? Same way with Nipsey and his, uh, know London and, and his son <clears throat> but I feel like until you lose a person that's um, plays a daily factor in your life you don't really understand what just what you can't say I feel their pain
1: yeah, yeah. That, that was more to the point I yeah. think that you know we kind of we're respectful and we you pay your tribute and yeah. you do what's kind of what you feel you have to say or do
0: your apologies can be disrespectful I feel your pain I'm so sorry for your loss you don't feel shit that I feel you know can walk in my shoes, even if you wanted to. That type of feeling. Waking up and knowing it's not going to get any better every day. As you mature and as you grow, as you get better, the pain just gets worse. Because you have to deal with it every day. Like I said before in no previous interviews, if I lost a friend, you know, that hurts. You know, I lost a friend. Damn, I missed him. But uh, me losing my father, I'm going to have my first child without him. Went to my first prom without him. Won my first fight without him. Bought my first car without him. Got my first tattoo without all these things. So, yeah man, it's, uh, it's fucked up, it's life though.
1: I was talking to Eddie Herb about this yesterday and <laughs> it, we, we used it the Kobe Bryant as an example where <laughs> it almost kind of reaches out to people to say or highlight something we already know that tomorrow isn't promised. And we don't know what's gonna happen. We don't even know what's gonna happen when we leave the room here today, nope. let alone tomorrow. So, the message is like, you know, if you love someone, you, you should tell them, and <laughs> if you wanna do something, do it, but that only gets highlighted when someone something like this happens, when really, it should, be you know, every day. it should be every day.
0: People never get the flowers while they can still smell them. You always wanna tell someone you love them or give them flowers or tell them how amazing of a person they was when they're dead and buried. They can't hear those can't hear all that shit when they're gone um that's it I learned firsthand when my father walked out that door my brother walked out that door never seen him again my coach walked out that door never seen him again so for me everybody that I love and care about I never leave the house and with with bad tensions between us even we got a full argument a full fight I never leave the house you know on bad on a bad place because there's no telling if they're gonna come back in that door or not and some people say, you know, you just, you're, uh, you are overreact, you know, no, it's not that. Shit happens every day. I mean, you can walk out this door and fall down the stairs, break your neck, simple shit, it's fucked up, but you know, got, you know, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Cause life is unpredictable like that.
1: So why do so many people after someone passes away say that they have so many regrets? You know, I should have spent more time with them. I should have said this, I should have done that. I shouldn't have had that.
0: Yeah.
1: Why, why is the regret period when it's too late.
0: That's God's curse on man regret? God's curse to man's regret. You always want to wait. People always. I don't base things off of time. People base things off of time. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll see you later. Or time. Time will tell. No, won't. You can't base something off of something's not promised. So I don't work. I work off of energy. I tell it to you right there. Whether it's good or bad, I just try to let it loose right then and there. Some people say I'm. Um, I'm almost disrespectful, but direct. Cause as soon as I feel it, I'm gonna say it because there's no telling if I'm gonna be able to say it tomorrow or the next day or an hour from now. So I just let it loose. But um, yeah, people always wanna regret things that they should've did or things they should've said with that with that someone when they passed away. If you got the chance to say it, you should say it now. If you love a person, tell them you love them. If you care about them, tell them you care about them. If you have a family feud or issue, smash that shit. Cause when that person is dead and gone, you're gonna regret, it. damn. I was mean to them and fucked up my whole life. Everybody got those people in the bunch, you know? That the sister you don't fuck with or the brother you don't fuck with, her, your daddy wasn't shit, your mama wasn't shit. Smash that, cause when they're dead and gone, you're gonna be wishing
1: you would apologize. Cause no one really knows what people think about them until it's too late. You, you hear, so when people die, you hear everyone kind of picking out the best moments mm-hmm. or the best things they can say to say, Oh, you know, this guy's going to be missed because of this, 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 this.
0: But what about yesterday? They wouldn't pick up the good things. um, The bad things is what kept them from speaking to him in the first place. I feel like this. You know, judgment isn't in our hands. So who am I to judge you and treat you a certain fucked up way because of your decisions? It's not my job. I'm supposed to love you regardless. Unless you're causing harm to me or harm to my family, then that's a different... No, that's a different conversation. But otherwise, shit, got family members, show them love, pick them up, just reach out to them, talk to them. I reach out to all my family members at least once a week just to holler at them, even if I don't fuck with them like that. Because God forbid something happen, you'll be like, damn, should have hit them up, should have just texted them. Wish I would have replied to them. But it takes for you to go through that situation you be like, man, I'll never let this shit happen again. My sister, I hate bringing the situation up, but the last time she saw my father, my older sister, uh, she got an argument, and Slapped him, slapped him in the face. He put her out. Next time she saw him, he's in the casket. Now you're talking about regret? That's regret. You have to live with that for the rest of your life. Mm. So, for those who are watching this, if you have any issues with relatives or someone you care about, you know, somebody in your household, even if you don't fucking love them, smash it, let it go. Because regret, it's so, a so lifelong life bag you got to carry for the rest of your fucking life. So, yeah. I say I don't have no regrets. I used to have a, hold a lot of anger and torment towards no relatives I have for crossing me and doing shit, foul shit to me. But I told them I forgave them. And when I forgave them, my life got so much better. I swear it did. like just like a weight lifted off of me. Because when you hold shit to people and you wish bad things on people, that same energy just comes back around to you. You know, hope that motherfucker loses his job. And you lose your job a week later, like, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> there are, oh, I, again, I was, me mean, Eddie, I was talking about this yesterday that you, you're never going to stop negativity in this world. No, nope, you can't. You can't stop it, but you can train your thought of mind to not be affected by that negativity.
0: Yeah, I mean, brush it off, Off if it's family, you know, a lot of times people are hurt because hurt people hurt people. You know, they're mad about their own life, they try to make you mad about your lives. Misery needs company, especially with family members. Uh, random motherfuckers, I can't control what they say or do, like I'm gonna brush it off. But this family, usually they hurt. They hurt in some type of way or feel some type of way in order to, they wanna make you feel some type of way. Misery needs company, dog. Misery do not like to be lonely.
1: Uh, you must have had some negative comments on your social media, I'm assuming, everyone has. Every day. Every day. Yeah. So, for someone to wake up in the morning who you've never met before. Yeah. And say to you, I hope you get knocked out. Yeah. I hope you lose your fight. And you've never met them before. hmm So what kind of person is that?
0: Well, i say either ignorant person. You know, ignorance is lack of knowledge. You don't know what the fuck you're saying or why you're saying it. Or it's just a better person. Or they ain't got shit to do. Or it's we call it Instagram troll. I mean, some shit. You can't understand our foolishness. You can try your best, but you can't understand it. It's not to be understood. So I don't stress myself out about it. Somebody calls me walking down the street. Someone calls me a nigger and screams Trump line at me. That's ignorance. I mean, it's 2020. You can call me a nigger walking down the street, like you know. I have freedom of speech. Yeah, yeah you're entitled to freedom of speech, but there's consequences to what the fuck you say and do. Well, let's see if Trump comes save your ass, scream nigger down the street again you saying that's just ignorance i know it went like way right but it just made me think about that shit like just to my complete foolishness
1: yeah uh do you know what I, it, it got me thinking about it today because this morning i was literally online I'm, I'm arguing with people online i'm like what are you doing like yeah. wh- <laughs> what are you doing why are you why are you, are you with me? Out. No, not them. What am well, I why, doing? Why are you doing yeah, it? Yeah. Why I am know. I? Why am I responding
0: mm-hmm. to this? You know, there's a lot of social media gangsters out there. Yeah. That's why I like the um. What's that shit called? The pull up that the zone is doing.
1: Is that oh yeah, yeah. They
0: yeah. did one. They did two. Who was the other one? They did that one with um Tafilio and the other ones with Danny.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, cause you know people got that, they don't keep that same energy in person. You know, it'd be Johnny Dangerous and tough behind Instagram behind the keyboard, you catch him in person, ain't got two words to say. It's just the same, you know, keep that same energy outside. Catch you in the parking lot, keep that same energy. So I told Chris.
1: But I mean that that's the whole point of training yourself not to be affected by that. Oh yeah. Can kinda of help you without being dependent on what's coming your way.
0: Well I mean, shit, the way I was raised, random motherfuckers don't hurt your feelings or hurt you. It'd be the people you care about. Well, people that can hurt me is the people I love and care about. Random people that scream shit, or do or say whatever, and that's hurt true. my fellas. Yeah. People that hurt you is the people you care about.
1: It's true. That, that, that's, yeah, that's spot on, because why, why are you bothered about... Or how does someone have the power to do that to you if you don't really care about them or you don't even know them? How, how does someone have that power to do that?
0: How come somebody you love so much push you over edge instead of a stranger? Yeah. Like your girlfriend. She knows exactly what buttons to press. So she pushes them. She pushes the motherfuckers and you just like... Whew. random person, they don't know that she don't like to be called Hindu or like to be called some weird shit, some, like some just some random shit. Somebody called you like short-term or some shit and you're tall, like like, random people don't know that. But people that you care about, they know exactly how to hurt you. That's why, um, like especially in the boxing business, I tell people all the time, you know, be careful what you put on social media because if someone wants to come after you, they're not gonna come after you. They're gonna come after what you love. That's how you get to a person. Somebody in my position is tough or somebody tough in general, you don't go after them. Even like the mafia days, they don't go after you, they're gonna wipe out your whole family, right? Yeah, cool. you want to get to, you want to get to me? You go after what I love. So that's why I tell people like, you know, stop putting everything on social media. If I know you love your cars, I'm gonna blow your car. If I know you love your clothes, I'm gonna put bleach on your shit. If I know you love your girl, well, what's that nigga? Yo, I ain't like that though. I'm change changed man.
1: Are you a change, man?
0: Man, yeah, boxing, boxing, and just um past year, a lot has changed. I said last time a time of growth, I'm talking about like now legit a time of growth. Maturity as far as boxing inside the ring, outside the ring. I mean, I'm I'm about to be 25, almost on my way to 30. I won't be doing this boxing shit forever. I love boxing, you know, I love the sport and the sweet science. But you know, my calling is so much greater than just boxing. But I have to fulfill this in order to get there, you feel me? So, yeah. I know y'all want to hear this shit, y'all want to hear about punches and swinging and ducking, fuck all that. Talk about that shit all the time.
1: So how long is your boxing career now? When do you've...
0: I want to stop at least like 29, maybe 30, if
1: that. So maybe another five years. Yeah, you
0: know. I mean, people could say I just got in the game, but I've been boxing since six years old. So I mean, I'm a hole in the game, I've been around a while. It's been a great ride. It's like I'm just now reaping the benefits. Uh, but I feel like now it's time for me to really reap the benefits. I really feel like I'm um, underrated. Now I haven't fought the top opponents, that's right. But I've put in the work and I've showed the skill set in order to be you know, mentioned with some some of these top fighters. It's like I start getting the notoriety is that, um, I think one of the main reasons I don't get the notoriety is because I'm in the US. If I was in the UK, I feel like I would, whether it's with connections, endorsements, marketing. I would have that. And I understand I don't have a belt, so Eddie's not pressed to market me that way. But, shit, and here's my chance to get my WBO Latino title. And I'll get the fucking acknowledgement I deserve. But, um, I mean, not even just because of my record, okay? I'm 20 you no know, 18 knockouts. But I, gotta, I bring a lot of skill, man, that you don't see anymore. Not even because of me. If he was another fighter, I would give, I would acknowledge him like Tevin Farmer. Slick, old-school, cold, love it. Like sweet pea, love it. Like, the sweet science. Love watching it. I have to pay him homage, you know what I'm saying, because of his skills. So I feel like it should be the same now for me, but over in the UK, you know what I'm saying? Shit, build my ass up over in the UK. I have a huge base, but I'm still fighting over here. I understand he's trying to do a global, you know, global takedown, but if I had to choose, I'll be fighting in the UK right now. Popping up at schools, popping up at gyms, walking around, drinking pints, having a good time. Which is that's what I'm going to do. So are you watching this? Everybody, my birthday is February 23rd. Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter. I'm coming to the UK for my birthday. So we're going to all turn up, guys.
1: Well, that sound cooking? Sound fun? I'm on it. I'll be back from Vegas by then. Yeah. So like we you
0: plan it up. Eddie don't know he's paying for the trip, but I'll let him know that after the fight. Um.
1: <laughs> let, let him let him know after you hopefully uh, get the win tonight and then yeah, tap I just, it into uh, him. You're paying. Yeah,
0: that's right. There's something else I thought he was gonna talk to me about. Oh man, so, for those who don't know, you haven't seen, um. this guy's always with me, I'm not gonna mention his name, but you haven't seen him on social media with me lately. It's been like probably like probably six or seven months. It's hard, dog, but when you wanna elevate and change your life, sometimes people can't come with you. As much as you care about them, as much as you love them. You know, elevation calls separation. And life's just like that. You really care and love somebody, and you know, y'all boys, you, Hey, whoever it is, your family member, when it come time for you to take that next step, that next level, you know what I'm saying? When God's taking you places, you, it's like when you go to grab a, uh, a handful of chips. You know, chips are gonna slide through your fingers. Popcorn, Skittles are gonna slide through your fingers. You can't grab them all. You know what I'm saying? You can't take everybody with you. You can't carry all that weight. So all you're gonna do is keep coming back to try to grab them, keep coming back. Who are you joking about? Him. I ain't gonna say his name.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: but, um. Somebody I really cared about, you know, like father figured in me. But when it came time for me to take that, that, that next step, some people aren't built to go there even if you want them to come. It's just not made for. Shit, my mother was like, that. I fired my mother as my manager. I love my mom, but when it came time for me to take, take that next step, she, she wasn't built for it. She'd never been around professional boxing, so I had to leave her. And she had talked to me for almost two years. But you know what, I had to do it. She respected me for it after two years. But yeah, just wanted to say that to anybody watching it. If you're trying to better yourself and you feel like, damn, I want to take him with me. But something's, you know, I'm going this way, but why I feel like they keep trying to pull me or derail me. All right. Everybody ain't meant for the journey. Some shit you got to do alone. And if not, maybe a few, maybe one or two.
1: If you love them, let them go. Shit, I don't even
0: love them, let them go. If they love you, they'll let you go, shit. If they love you, they're going to come with you. Fuck it, shit. If they really with you, they're rolling with you, regardless. Somebody talking about rolling to the wheels fall off, rolling to the wheels fall off. Just like that. If they really love you, then they're going to go with you regardless. If it's for the best. Now, don't go with somebody over here selling drugs and shit. I'm riding with them. Not like that. to my positive, like trying to better your life. So, yeah. Don't take my words and twist them, because I know you like to do that. Especially my Irish fans. I don't know what the fuck y'all
1: be saying, but I love y'all. Okay, um, just kind of continuing from that. Obviously, you you made some reference beforehand that some changes have been made to your team. How has that worked out for you over the last three or four months? It's
0: been great. Um, I relocated, so I'm still you know, back and forth L.A. Compton, but uh, I train mainly in Louisville. For those that don't know, my boxing career, man, has been hell. Most fighters, for the most part, have one trainer. You use their trainer to bring them up, unless there's a, they decide to make it a trainer switch. French trainer left me, didn't believe me. Second trainer got killed by the police. Third trainer, Mayor Stewart, he died while I was overseas. Fourth trainer caught cancer. Um, fifth trainer caught cancer. And then I was with Freddie Roach. It wasn't a good mix and then his last set of coaches wasn't a good mix. So he took my like coach after coach after coach, even not by choice. Now the coach I'm with now was Uh, My fourth coach well, two of my coaches caught cancer at the same time one had prostate another one had pancreas And the other one uh, he just lost his wife like it's not even a week ago, but uh, the coach I have now He was my cut man. He's been my cut man the whole entire time, but I moved him up to my number one Yeah, I've been with him since I was six So I mean it's great Uh, My hand pad my number two I've been with him since I was six. He was a number three at the time It's just like how it's crazy how it works. He brought me all the way back around just to you know, get in contact with the people I started off with. But, um, and the team is great, you know, great team, you have a great fight, great camp. Um, I feel like I'm just happy with where I am in my life. I feel like I haven't, it's been so fucking hard just to get to this point, where a lot of fighters is given to them. whether it's equipment, connections. I mean, Devin Haney, amazing fighter, he came up right near Floyd. You know, right there with that limelight with that connection. I left so I wouldn't be attached to Floyd. Even even by relation, I left to do my own thing. Or, um, you know, got great fighters, Javante Davis, fighters like that, these guys just tossed equipment, tossed shit, you know, aerospen, you know, I straight Olympics. I didn't have that benefit. I had to get it on my own. No endorsements, no connections, no plugs. So and I'm not saying these guys ain't going to get it. Shit, they on, they earned their way to the top. You feel me? Mm. I feel like damn, well, everybody's blessed this way and this way and this way. He's like, I'm fucked every way at turn. You know what I'm saying? So and I say underrated as well. That's another way. Another way I mean, I'm underrated. He was talking about the his own. I was saying, a lot of fighters we got this whole stereotype of they come from the hood. That's cool. You know, come from the hood. Had to sell dope. Had to fight. Got locked up. A lot of those, though, a lot of decisions like that, you, can, you hate to say it. You know, it's based off your environment, but it's based off of choices as well. You can choose to run with this posse. You can choose to go to school. You can choose to go get education, especially if you're athletic. That's a direct way to look out for athletes. If you want to go play ball, want to, want to do whatever. Now, what about a situation where that situation is more materialistic shit? You know, you didn't have the cars, didn't have the clothes. You wanted to sell dope so you can get it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Money. My situation was necessity. I didn't have my father. I couldn't speak, couldn't talk. I was remedial. I didn't have common sense, if you want to call it that. You know, coming from, come from the hood or you come from, came from a good home but I didn't have shit here and here. It's, it's completely different, if that makes any sense. I feel like I'm underrated because a lot of fathers say, you, know, you came from the hood, you came up, you know, you were selling dope, you got locked up. Okay, those are choices you made. I didn't choose for my father to smoke himself for. I didn't choose for me to not be able to read and write for me to get fucked with, for me to be a litter and have to test out. I didn't choose for that. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I'm underrated as far as not just a fighter, but as a human being of where I've got to now. You know, yeah, other fighters come from the hood. You have to, you know, boom, boom, boom. But I had to do all this and come all the way back down just to get to where I'm at now. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like my skills and my assets and me as a person, my personality, I feel like they don't get that. I feel like I don't get that. Not the attention I deserve, but the respect. You know what I'm saying? Walking in my shoes. Motherfuckers see like this final picture. They don't see what I came from. You know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense.
1: It does make sense.
0: Okay. I just, I just hate the stereotype too. You know, all fighters come from the hood. You no know, fighters, you know, fighters come from having something to fight for. Is it easier to fight for money? Is it harder to fight for something you never get back? You can fight for money, you can get money back. When I fight for my father, I'll never get him back. I fight for my brother, never get him back. Fight for them years of just typical kid years. Wish I could talk back then. I wish I could have been a read back then. You know, I mean, fight for money and fight for honor and respect. And things you'll eventually get. What do you do when you fight for something you will never get to the day you leave this earth? That's the shit I'm talking about. Well, I don't get. I fight, I don't get the respect I deserve. I'm fighting for it. something bigger than myself, and for others too. Other children to feel what I feel. So, yeah. No, we good, I appreciate it. So Okay.
1: Well, look, Anthony, I appreciate that today is fight day. up? we've kind of
0: Oh yeah. No? No, we good. Okay. Thank you. Um
1: Yeah it is fight day. It's fight day, so I don't I don't wanna drive you mad today no, no, but look, you I appreciate cool? you giving me your time.
0: Hey just expect some old school groove for that ass, you know. A little thriller, Manila. A little sticking and moving and boxing, stick talking. Yeah, just another day.
1: I'm gonna let you sleep because when I walk through the door, this is pitch back and you was half asleep. You yeah,
0: if I take my motherfucking ass to sleep, just gonna bust through here and shit, <laughs> like you own this motherfucking son. Oh yeah. What? So I want fight. I'm fighting for this WBO Latino title, and after this, I have my eyes set on, blowjob Sanders. I mean Billy Joe Sanders. I want to fight Billy Joe Sanders. Billy Joe, hope you're watching this. Coming for this WBO Latino title. You got the WBO title. I want you over in the UK. OK. All right? Don't make the face. I'm not? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. You know I don't.
1: He's chasing Canelo.
0: Well, he's chasing Canelo.
1: Well, it's like say chasing.
0: Well, Canelo's going to Japan, so. Yeah. You keep on chasing, you know. But the magician's right here, all right? At me. and don't say you don't know me because they know me alright don't use that bullshit Rocky Fielding pool who's this fucking bloke nobody even knows who he is they know who the fuck the magician is god damn it so you talk a lot of shit I do too you know we can do this thing let's make it make sense
1: Anthony Simmons, thank you very much for your time I'm going to let you get back to bed and uh, we'll catch up with you after your fight so much that to the loop Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.